Forget Will Grigg, tonight the Iceman's on fire. It's the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast. That's right, folks. We're back once again. Game week 28 already. The time is flying by, but there's still many, many points to be had. Welcome back, first of all, the Iceman. Thank you very much, Billy. Welcome back to yourself, too. Thank you very much. Absolutely flying in the FPL at the moment. Looking like forward to kite. hearing like it, like a kite. high as a kite, but legally, <laughs> legally high. Not <laughs> taking legally highs, though. Yeah, no, no legal highs, no drugs. Um, okay, let's move on from that. So we have got an absolute top guest this week. We've been singing his praises all season. We wondered if he even exists. He was so good. And Iceman went out into the internet, in Tinternet, in Tifa, and he found him. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm pleased to welcome Mr. Demir Tene to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. That was quite an intro, actually. Yeah, that was. It made me feel like I was the thing. You really are. You really are to us. It's great to have you on, finally, after talking about your season, in a good way. Demir, do you want to tell the listeners a bit about how you got involved with FPL, just a bit, bit, bit of history about you? Well, I don't know. It's nothing special. I started. I just started playing last season, I think, by myself. And I don't know. I finished around 100k. And then this season, I found a few friends. Actually, I found like 10, 20 friends from back from Croatia. We made a WhatsApp group. They're fantastic lads, and that's how this journey started. Basically, this is what I consider to be what FPL is. Like when you have your own mini league, when you have friends with whom whom you play and comment and all the games and that have banter, so that's about it. Nothing special. Yeah, that's good because I think me and Iceman used to be friends and then this started and actually <laughs> went the other way for us. Now it's kind of sort of a bitter sort of a, a bitter acceptance that we're going to turn up for this every week and, and that's kind of it. But great to hear that you're getting the, uh, the social benefits from it as well. Yeah, I really am. Very nice. Okay, well, good to hear a bit about you, Demir. It'd be interesting to hear some of your ideas um, for the coming game weeks. Iceman, let's kick off with you, because you've been having a stellar time of late. How did you do in the last game week 27? Oh, yeah, it's been too long, hasn't it? It's been over a week. I couldn't wait to announce my 109 score, which I scored in game week 27. I'm flying at the moment. I'm up to 3,017 overall. Jesus. I'm, I'm plugging it like quite a lot, because I don't think it's going to last. I'm probably going to drop this week, because... <laughs> My team's doesn't look in too good condition with my defence. I got lucky with my defence in terms of Fabianski, Ogbonna and Paul Dummett, the star. Oh, uh, you all, called that. All getting six points. You, you saw that coming. Yeah. Stanislas, my uh, my hero, got a nice goal. Obviously, our captain Aguero had Firmino and Kane and the 13 points from Salah. So, yeah, there was the choice between Aguero and Salah, which I was mulling over for ages. And then I, I just went, my gut, I just thought that Aguero, he looks like he's going to score more. He's probably got a higher ceiling than Salah. And yeah, got that four goals. Loved it. Now, I know many people were doubting the captaincy of, uh, of Aguero this week over Salah. What made you go the other way? I just thought that Salah was playing against the Saints team, which don't look like they're going to let in loads of goals. I watched them live when they played against Arsenal at home. They just they were really tight. So I could see them scoring, which he obviously did. I just couldn't see him getting more than two. So I was kind of right in that aspect. And I just thought that City at home against Leicester, they've had a, a four-day break. I was just thinking they're going to be fired up for it. They, they drew the last game. It was all about kind of how the attitude was going to be. And uh, yeah, kind of 
worked out nicely. Yeah, it was, it was a really nice selection and paid off absolutely big time. You you did twice as well, well no, about a third better than me this week. So I got 72, which was still fairly decent. It was still 11 points above the average. Big performance for me. I had probably the second best choice this week of captain. I had Hazard. I did say I was going to do that on the pod last week, and I yeah. stuck to my promise, so that, that came off. I had Firmino and Sterling. Frustratingly, I didn't back Spurs to keep that cleanly against the Gunners, so Vertonghenis sat on my bench with a delightful eight points. But overall, not too bad. I'm still not doing great overall. 346,000, so nothing to uh, shout about there. But hopefully going to move onward and upwards as time goes on. Demir, how did you get on? Well, yeah, I did a great, actually. I had a, I had a good score of 107, uh, which, wow. yeah, it, I mean, Iceman got, Iceman bettered me there, so I'm not the best here. But, but uh, this, you are fifth overall, so. Yeah, yeah, okay. Things happen. It, it kind of just happened, and I roll with it. So you're, st- you're still fifth overall in the world, Demir? Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> It's, it's, Does that bring with it any any sense of pressure? Do you, you find your nose bleeds or anything like that? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I'm to be honest, being being fifth does not does not give me pressure right now. Being second in game week, I don't know when when it was game week six, I think something like that. Also, didn't didn't give too much pressure. Didn't create too much pressure. The thing is, uh, and I, I think I said this on Reddit, for me, the game completely changed when I got to the first position, when I started to be number one in the world. Then my, com- my mindset completely changed from, you know, chasing someone and from being aggressive to being chased by five million people and to, towards, I don't know, looking behind and checking who's going to overtake me and when it's going to happen and why don't I have this player, why don't I have that player. So uh, looking at it, I, I don't know, it did change the way I play and it did create, I don't know, it, it, the feeling was different back then to what it is now. So I have to say that right now I don't feel any pressure. I don't feel basically, yeah, I'm chasing and that's it. I'm just one in the pack. So in an ideal world for you, then, you'll be uh, fifth place until the last game week and then pinch it at the end. Yeah, exactly. In an, ide- in nice. an ideal world. Excellent. Well, well um, as we go through, I'd be interested to hear some of the uh, decision-making that you've, you've kind of gone through to get yourself into that position. First of all, let's talk about the Patreon. So the Patreon's mini-league was actually won by uh, the Iceman himself. Uh, but we're not going to give the Iceman a reward. We're going to give it to second place... Mr. Ian Hort Horton, uh, well done to you, sir. Second place, so you win the prize that's on offer. That'll be sent to you very shortly. We're also um, due to do the prize draw for the Patreons. Apologise for that not happening sooner. Myself and the Iceman have had life. Um, <laughs> but we're going to be sorting that out uh, ASAP, so prize draw coming soon. In terms of the overall league, let's just have a look how you've all been getting on there. I'm doing that thing where I stall again whilst I load up in front of me. Um, Right, so in 10th place, we've got Alex Costa. Oh, being uh, his dad. Back into the top 10, yeah. he's And uh, and actually, his dad is two places below. That is such a good story, those two. Um, Ninth place, Andrew Redmond with Team USA. Colm... Darmody, People's Front of Judas, lovely, in 8th place. Jay Loggerwood down to 7th. Georgie Bozhinov into 6th. Stevie Sunshine down to 5th this week. Andrew Ferguson in 4th. 
Joe Stone remains in third place. Rizwan Chowdhury has dropped down. And number one in the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League, stretching his lead about 28 points, is our guest, Damir Tenay with Lalana Land. Yeah. Bravo. Bravo. Thanks. Very strong from you, Samuel. Good to be back. Good to be back. <laughs> How does it feel to be top of the of the Fantasy Football Surgery Podcast Mini League as well? Fantastic. I couldn't have dreamt that I'll be here. <laughs> I've, uh, I've just had a quick cheeky peek at your team, and I've got to say the kit design that you've gone with is uh, is absolutely spot on. <laughs> Thanks. I think I did credit you with that a couple of podcasts ago. Yeah, yeah, you're I remember that. Yeah. He's as elaborative with his selections as he is with his uh, team kits. Go and check that out. Right, Iceman, I think we should probably get on with talking about the football matches, shouldn't we, really? We may as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we've had all of those rubbish cup competitions where, you know, Man City get knocked out by Wigan, and oh, yeah, um, there's good. the Champions League tonight where Messi's got his first goal ever against Chelsea. Uh, had to get some Champions League in there. <laughs> what we really care about is this Saturday's fixtures, Leicester versus Stoke, the 12.30 kickoff. Let's get started with that. Demir, so Leicester City... Problems with Mares, a little bit of a break now, so we'd hope that had been resolved. How do you see this fixture, and who would you call in this one? Uh, I don't know. I think Leicester's going to win this easily. I think Mares is back to him, to his old self, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had an assist in the FA Cup as well. And do you think that's it? Do you think he's just forgotten about all of his antics uh, in the uh, summer transfer window? Do you think he's back on track now? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't say that for certain, but that's that. Now I'm just speaking from my perspective, and I think that that is behind him. I mean, Leicester can't do anything without Mars. I mean, that's my opinion. So he's a big, I don't know, he's a big part of who they are and how they how they play. And I think that going forward, Leicester have two good two good fixtures to miss out on. And whether it's Mares or Vardy or Albrighton, I mean, I'd like to have a player. Leicester player in my team. I suppose it's a case of whether you want them. I mean, like they blank game week thirty one, don't they? I mean, like, it's going to be massive talking yeah. points on game week thirty one whether to bring in players from teams like. I mean, like, I'm looking yeah. at Tottenham and, and yeah, Leicester's definitely one with their fixtures. They got Stoke, Bournemouth, and West Brom coming up, and. They do look like good players to have, and then even after that, they've got some good fixtures. It's just whether you can bring them in now and then, you know, take them out for that game week 31. It's, do you think they'll be worth it? Do you think Mara's is going to be, uh, I mean, like, have you looked at Vardy as well? No, honestly, I haven't looked at Vardy. I mean, I think he's a good, good option. I think he's one of the only options which you have going forward. But, uh, I don't know. That's a pretty, that's a pretty difficult question because you can't, I mean, I don't do that. I don't judge a player based on whether he's going to do well or he's not going to do well. Yeah, I think Matters is going to have fantastic. I think he's going to score. I think he's going to assist. But the fact is I can't get him in, in my team. So what's the point of even hoping that I'll catch something that he has to offer? I mean, to get him inside my team would mean that I have to ditch, I don't know, Salah or Sterling, Sterling or yeah, yeah. Sterling or someone cheaper. But then again, if I want to ditch someone cheaper, I'd have to sell two premier, two premier defenders. That, and that now we're already talking about a minus eight. So having Mares is a decision which you have to make by yourself considering the team you have. 
if you have the option to move straight forward, like two transfers and money in the bank, yeah, I'd get Mahrez. I mean, that's what I would do. But to risk it and to go to to take a hit, uh, that's, I don't know. It's pretty far-fetched. I'd rather wait it out than after the game of 31 the, and get him done. He still have, still has good pictures. The, just to add to, to your discussion there, Demir, I think um, if we look at his next five fixtures even, so he's got Stoke, Bournemouth and West Brom, then he's got that blank, but then they've got Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Saints and Palace, then West Ham. So that is some run of fixtures for Leicester. I think there's points available there. Now, I agree with what you're saying about him coming back and playing. I think he's the sort of player, even though he had his sort of funny five minutes, I do think they'll still play him because he's crucial. And he'll be looking at the shop window towards the end of the season. I think he's the sort of player that regardless, although he's dropped off the pitch, I think on it, he he will still perform. And actually, I think he's got potential to more than score the points over that spread of seven games, even at the expense of not playing in 31. So I still think he's a good option at this point. That's, that's the thing with this blank in game week 31. He's got some good fixtures. He's probably got potential of points. Do you bring him in for the likes of Sterling, Salah? I mean, like, I've got, I've got, st- in my midfield, I've got Stanislav, Sterling, Salah, Walcott, and Loftus Cheek. There's not any of them which I can afford to, you know, I can't get rid of Sterling or, or Salah. Uh, and I'd have to upgrade significantly to get rid of Loftus Cheek to go up to him. I can't, I can't worm him in, but if I kind of did have the option, maybe I've got even like a Sanchez or something like that. I would be considering likes of Mahrez. It's just, it is annoying that blank game week cannot, he has got two games at home, Stoke at home and Bournemouth at home. So there is big points there. And then uh, after the blank, he's still got some good games. So it's Brighton, Newcastle, Burnley, Southampton, uh, even Crystal Palace and West Ham. I would say that Leicester's fixtures are brilliant for the rest of the season. I mean, if, yeah. you're, if you're looking at like a, I don't know, what would you say about che- the cheaper defenders, Demir, like Simpson or someone like that from, not kind of generalizing this, like with Leicester, they are a team that blank in gaming 31. Would you opt for going for one of these players if you saw some clean sheets or anything going up to gaming 31? Would you opt to bring them in? And then just kind of suffer in the game week 31 or even take them out then or just bench them. Would you, what would you do in that circumstance? I don't know. I'm not convinced by Leicester's defensive abilities right now. I mean, not, not just Leicester, like in a general term, like if, if there it, are teams which are blanking in game week 31, would you, would you uh-huh, consider regarding bringing them that? In? Mm. Regarding that, my philosophy or how I'm going to play it is I'm just going to wing it. I'm going to forget that Game Week 31 exists and that's it. From from my, from what I'm looking at, I mean, there's not a single fixture that screams something's going to happen, something extraordinary is going to happen there. By now, everyone has, and by Game Week 31, everyone will have three Liverpool players. So, honestly, backing your... I mean... We can talk about this all day. And if you have a wild card, then, yeah, we can talk about filling your team with players from these teams and then wild carding game week 32. But, again, to fill your team with players from these teams, you have to spend two, four, six transfers in advance to get rid of the players you have. And that's going to make you lose those points in the process. So I'm just, as I said, I'm just going to forget that this game week exists and then 
just gonna move on with what I plan and play my game until game week 34, 35, and then, I don't know, triple captain and free hit, bench, bench boost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I suppose that, that kind of answers uh, Mark M. Bison 22 question. He's just saying, is it worth getting in players who have great fixtures in the next three game weeks, but also blanking game week 31? That's kind of, I w- you're, you're just I saying you're going to continue just playing it how yeah. you normally would. I uh, wouldn't care. Yeah. I honestly wouldn't care. Like, if I wanted, if I did have the funds to get Mars, if I did have, like, Sterling and Salah, I can't get rid of because Salah got game week one. I had him for the entire season. So for me to sell him, I'd lose 0.5 or something like that. And And a lot of points. (laughs) And a lot of points, yeah. So the only option is ditching, I don't know, Shakiri. And as I I said, if I did have the funds, I would do it. Even if Shakiri plays game week 31, just to get those three fixtures from Ares. But... I don't have that option, so that's not a possibility for me. Um, so, chap, chaps, just whilst we're talking about Leicester versus uh, Stoke, can we can we just have a word about Shakiri? Because I think, Demir, you're the first guest that's come on here that's ever actually had Shakiri. The discussion with him has always been he's not consistent enough, but he seems to be a lot more so now. What are your thoughts on him? I don't know. I think he's a good option. I think his price is, I don't know, where it should be, and I like him as a player. I mean... Sometimes he plays a bit deeper and he doesn't go forward that much, but as soon as Stoke creates something, he's there. Like, game, who did they play last game week? Who was their opponent? Oh, um, Brighton. Ah, Brighton, yeah. Uh, along with, I think he had a goal. Along with that, I think there was a penalty on, uh, on Shakiri. I mean, not the second penalty, which was actually called, but the first time uh, in the in the 16-meter box, there should have been a penalty, from what I think, and it, it was on Shakiri. So when Stoke attack, he is the focal, focal point of whatever, it's, whatever is going on. He's on set pieces. He's Even if it seems that he's playing a bit deeper, he will be there when they are creating something. So I think he is a good player, but I don't know. You, you have a lot of options, and you have Shakiri, you have Walcott in that price range. Okay, okay, he's a bit more expensive. Yeah, he's a good punt, but would I transfer him in now? I'm not sure. I'm not a guy who chases points, I and mean, you couldn't say that based on my team because I just got Ramsey. But <laughs> but yeah, I had Ramsey before, so I don't know. I think he's a good option. Okay, anyone else in this fixture, chaps? Ice Manly, when you want to add to this? Well, a lot went Bauer for Stoke, but they just don't seem to be keeping any clean sheets at the moment. They have got Southampton and Leicester coming up, so I don't see that many clean sheets. They do, they have got game in uh, game week 31. That's the benefits of going these players. I just, I can't see many points from their defenders though. Yeah, but before game week 31, they have City as well. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, minus points. And Arsenal afterwards. Okay, so a few shouts there, chaps. Well, let's move on to our our next fixture of the game week then. So we're looking at the first three o'clock kickoff, Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Iceman, I'll let you start us up on this one. Yeah, see, it took 44 shots for Richie to actually score a goal this season. Good shout, though, eh? Yeah, I know. 
Paul Dummett was was my guy there, but I wouldn't suggest bringing him in. They haven't got a game in Game Week 31. In fact, I wouldn't suggest bringing anyone in from Newcastle at the moment. Bournemouth had a bit of a blip against Huddersfield. I don't think they were kind of expecting it. They kind of underestimated them. They are playing in Game Week 31. They have played the same 11 for the third game in a row. So I'm a bit anxious whether he's going to switch it up or not. Because Stanislaus has been starting the last three. I've got him in my team. I'm a bit worried that he may just come out of the team. He he may be a good shout going forward. I mean, I hear more eye, I suppose, as a selection. Wilson seems to be the striker to have from Bournemouth. But he's been a bit of a letdown at the moment. They normally have a good end to the season, Bournemouth. I wouldn't be going for a Bournemouth defender. A lot of people are looking at Daniels, but I don't, he's not really getting any attacking returns at the moment. And Bournemouth's not keeping clean sheets every week. It's, it's not really one for me. Yeah, I've, I've got Wilson in my team at the moment. I'm going to stick with him for this fixture, just because I think if anyone's going to concede, it's going to be Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, Demir, thoughts on this one? Yeah, Bournemouth do look good going forward. I mean, if you have Wilson, I'd keep him. And I don't know, Daniels, yeah, as Iceman said, I just don't see any. I mean, from what I remember, his last goal was against Manchester City, game week 1 2. That one what a hit that was. I was actually at the Iceman's house when he scored that. You were, weren't you? That's from what I remember. And I, I had Daniels for a couple of game weeks. Got a, got a few clean sheets as well. But right now, I don't see. And he, yeah, Stanislas is a fantastic player. It's just a matter of how much he plays. and But we'll see that over the next few game weeks. He's a fan. I like him as a player. He, he's one of the best. <laughs> <laughs> he is the best. Stanislas <laughs> is the best. A touch of irony to that. <laughs> <laughs> what a composed finish he, he did for the last goal there. Yeah. I mean, he, he's um, always quite far forward as well, Stanislas. So, no, he is. He's always... Yeah. Yes. So don't, yeah, so don't slag off my Stanislaus, yeah? Some have referred to him as the lost talent of his generation, but there we go. Um, let's move to the uh, other South Coast side playing at home. So we've got Brighton versus Swansea. Brighton at times have shown some promise. Gross continues to be a potential option. Swansea have seen a bit of a revival recently. Demir, do you see any, any value in this fixture? I don't know. Brighton, I haven't really followed this season, and I, I don't, I don't think I've even watched any of their games. So most of the time, when I think about Brighton, I think based on, I make my decisions based on what the internet is talking about. Like, I don't know about players, about the clean sheets. I remember they were a good choice somewhere in the middle of the first, first part of the season, but now. As I said, I, I don't have enough information to talk about them. And regarding Swansea, yeah, Swansea have a, Swansea have a few good players. I mean, their, their entire defense is cheap and Fabianski is fantastic. And I don't know, going forward, even I know for the first part of the season, I had a U and he was, he was a great bench fighter, you would say. But right now, when his price is pretty much similar to what Abraham is, I'd even consider, consider Abraham a better pick than you. I mean, I don't know. If he's back from his injury, if he's going to play, considering that they, their price is similar, I'd opt out for Abraham. And I'd say that he's a good pick. Now, whether you're going to go to Abraham or Nias from Everton, that's a different story. But Abraham or Ayu just seemed more nailed on. 
Yeah, I agree. I think um, I use the um, it's an unfortunate player that actually does get lots of minutes. He's very cheap, but just doesn't do an awful lot. He, the odd goal here and there and assist, but Swansea just haven't been scoring enough to, to justify picking him. And um, as you say, Abraham's up to I think he's got around ten goals in all competitions now, which isn't a bad effort for a player that's on loan from Chelsea. Uh, Iceman, do you have any strong views on this one? Yeah, it's just Abraham's game time, really. You, you, you can't count on it. Jordan I is probably the, the punt to go for. It's just they haven't got a fixture in game week 31. Uh, they have got good fixtures at the moment in Brighton, West Ham and Huddersfield coming up. But they've only got one home fixture in their next six. So no one has actually conceded fewer goals than Swansea in their last four. So it is their defence which I have been looking at. And it would be um, the likes of Van der Horn. Uh, he's actually only 4.4, and he does look a good option. He has been playing the last six games, and, yeah. and Mawson might be out. He had a bit of an injury. I think he got a locked knee before the FA Cup game, so he might be out. That is a bit of a concern. But likes of Fernandez, Norton, I suppose Norton's the one that's putting the crosses in, and he does create some great chances going forward. He is only, he's 4.6, so, there's lots of options in defence if you're, if you're going for a nice cheap one. It's just you've got to think that, yet again, like the, the Leicester team, they're not playing in game 31. It's whether you're going to keep them for that. But yeah, uh, there's some good options in their defence. But it, I, I wouldn't necessarily go for the strikers yet. Okay, so chaps, we've got a couple of potential options there. Um, brings us to a couple of clubs that are in and around these two at the moment. Burnley and Saints, a little bit higher up the league. Um, both of them known for their defensive sturdiness of late, not quite as reliable for guaranteed clean sheets. Has the, has the Burnley bandwagon on clean sheets gone bust or can we still rely on them? That's kind of an open question to the two of you. Well, I still like me. I still think that he's a good attacking option as well at 4.9. Yeah. But yeah, their clean sheets have seems to have dried up recently, haven't they? So they're not letting in many goals, but they're just not keeping the clean sheets, which we kind of want from them. That's what they're all about, really, Burnley, is the clean sheet team. Uh, but I'm, I have still considered, they've got some decent fixtures, Southampton, Everton, West Ham. Heaton is back in training, so it is a worry for these Pope owners. He's only 4.7 now, Heaton. I mean, he's, he's la- lack of match fitness at the moment, but... Whether or not he's going to come straight back into the team, I'm not sure. But I would be keeping an eye on that and keeping a monitor on that one. But they're they're not playing in game week 31. So for me at the moment, not really, not really looking at them. Do, do goalies need match fitness or match sharpness? I suppose it's yeah. Because honestly, watching watching Petacek move around these days, I, I I can't tell if he's fit or not, or if he's <laughs> just really slow. Yeah. Demir, uh, what do, what do you think about this one? Well, Southampton. To be honest, I'm not really even considering. I mean, maybe Ward Prowse for someone who wants to have someone for South from Southampton, but Burnley. I mean, it's really unfair to say that that they haven't had clean sheets in the in the recent history. I mean, in their last ten games, I think they played Spurs, United, Liverpool, United twice actually. Spurs, Liverpool, Manchester City. So it's a bit harsh to say no clean sheets when you played all of the top six. They have I mean, played Swansea, Newcastle, and Crystal Palace, which say true, true, true. But also now the thing is, Ward is back, so we don't know how that will influence the clean sheet potential. Yeah, they have had some injuries as well. Yeah, but Ward is back, and he should be starting next. I mean, I hope he would be starting next game. 
or Burnley. Other than that, yeah, Heaton is back. Uh, I just, I think he just played his first 90 minutes uh, somewhere, I think, for a friendly or something like that. So regarding Pope, would I keep him? Probably would I get him? No. So, and for, I think they have good fixtures. I think if you're looking for a cheap, cheapish defender, Burnley would be probably on the top of my list when it comes to a cheap defender to answer your question or earlier question. That's my opinion. Of course, it can be wrong, but that's just my gut feeling. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a fair view, a fair view of it. Uh, I spent anything else to add to that? Uh, no, nothing more to this. No one from Southampton for me. Okay, well, let's move on to one of the more exciting fixtures of the game week, then Liverpool at home against West Ham. So I'm going to let our guest start with this one, being the more uh, more exotic Liverpool side. Demir, what do you think about Liverpool at the moment and who the best options are there? I think they're going to smash West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I like everyone from Liverpool. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, Starting Mane is back in shape and he just scored in Champions League. I mean, he usually scores in Champions League. That's the problem. He never scores in the Premier League. Salah, no words to describe him. Firmino. Van Dijk is a fantastic... I mean, I think Van Dijk is a fantastic option because I know he had a few problems lately with his fitness and he's been ro- he has been rotated. So if he starts, he's a great... And they do play in game week 31, so anyone from Liverpool basically is a fantastic option, unless you go for, I don't know, Trent, Trent Alexander-Arnold or Gomez or someone who is rotated. Karius, as well, a good choice. Now, Robertson, I see him as a starting player in their starting lineup, but with Moreno back... We don't know. I think he's going to keep his place because he was fantastic against City and he was fantastic in... I, I, don't, I don't know if that counts for anything, though. I really... I mean, like, Klopp last year ruined it for us in these uh, blank game weeks. We held on to certain players or it was a double game weeks, and I just think he ruined it. I mean, I don't know. I would just be wary. I mean, like, they've got four centre-backs at Liverpool in uh, Matip, Lovren, Clavin and Van Dijk. And I, I was guaranteed to be going Otamendi to Van Dijk, but now I'm just thinking, can you imagine if you bring them in, you've got them for that blank game week. If they've got good fixtures going up to it in West Ham and Newcastle. Uh, then they've got United, then they've got Watford, Watford in that blank game week. But it would just be typical Klopp just to not play him in that home game against Watford. And then you almost feel like, oh, was there any point in bringing him in? But... If you can play a safe one, I think Karius is probably the safer because Klopp has been reported to say that he will play him in both competitions till the end of March. That is what I heard. Whether or not that is true, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But it, I, I've got the decision here whether to go Van Dyke or Karius. I mean, because you've got to have the, the three Liverpool. It's whether you go the three attackers or you bring in like a defender or, or a keeper. What would your decision be on that one? Is it, are you going for the defender, Demir? I mean, I already have Van Dyke. So if I didn't have him, yeah, I wouldn't be sure if I, would get him, but I do have him, and now I'm gonna stick with him. And regarding Karius, it also depends who you have as your keeper. As I said, I have the Gea, so that's not really a transfer I want to make. That's a sideways move, as I wouldn't plan to keep Karius until the end of the season. And I think Karius is a safer option. Yeah, I, 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 I think, think so too. Yeah. I mean, 
I wish that I could say Van Dijk is going to play every game, but I, I, I too can see Klopp saying, yeah, no, Lovren is going to play and someone else is going to play. And I see Van Dijk being benched just because. So that doesn't just. necessarily mean, yeah, it's going to happen, but I can see it. Okay, I was just going to say, so we've got there's a lot of love for Liverpool there. Any any kind of hope for West Ham of Arnautovic being back? Yeah, it looked good, Arnautovic again. It makes West yep. Ham tick, he does. No one from their defence, West Ham. They've got one clean sheet in their last nine league games, so not any of them. Um, but yeah, Arnautovic suddenly a mid-priced option again. They've not got a game in game week 31, so this counts him kind of from my thinking of... If if I'm bringing anyone in from the teams which aren't playing in game week 31, I want it to be a, a player which I know is going to score big for the next few games. West Ham's fixtures aren't terribly great, are they? Who have they got next? They've got Liverpool, Swansea, Burnley, then they've got the blank. It's not, not amazing for the next few. I can't see big points from uh, the next three games. Really. I'm just going to sneeze. <laughs> Oh, bless you. Oh, excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a big podcast, news <laughs> that. Yeah. So, I, I don't know, Antonio's back now for West Ham, and he looks ruthless down that left-hand side, but I, I just wouldn't be bringing anyone in from West Ham at the moment. I think they're quite unreliable and can't guarantee for points each week. I suppose Arnie, it's good that he's back. I'd just I'd wait until after this blank until I start to choose them. I'll tell you what... Um, I've got to say that Antonio does interest me if he stays fit because we've got the World Cup just around the corner and he can make a really good case for himself to get yeah, in that good. squad. A bit yeah. like what Theo's doing at the moment. Yeah, yeah, good. You're right. Okay. Yeah, and I just coming back to my point about Arnie, just briefly, I think him and Shakiri this season are finally showing some kind of consistency that sort of justifies their potential. And I, I really like the look of Arnautovic, even if West Ham are sort of dire at defending at the moment. No, I agree. I definitely agree. Stuff. Okay, chaps. Well, let, I'll move us let, on. Let, on. Let me just take it back to uh, Liverpool two sex. So I just want to quickly talk about Mane because he is the other option, which you know people have normally got Firmino and Salah. Salah's the furthest forward on the heat maps. Then it's Mane, then Firmino. So they're all really far forward. They're a great attacking team, scoring lots of goals. Got five goals against Porto. It's uh, it's Mane, the one which uh, people are thinking about. He did look good. In the Champions League, as Demir said, but he does seem to score just in the Champions League where he got his hat-trick. He did get four shots inside the penalty area in game week 37, but compared with other midfielders, only Salah and De Bruyne uh, were 15 apiece in the last six game weeks. Uh, five more shots and Mane's 10. It's just his accuracy, which is the problem with Mane. He seems to just shoot you know, mostly off target, but... I, I can see some big goals from him. So if, if people are looking at that option of going with three Liverpool strikers, with these fixtures coming up in West Ham, Newcastle, maybe not United, but then Watford, even after that, they've got Crystal Palace, Everton, Bournemouth, West Brom, Stoke. So they've got some really good fixtures towards the end of the season. I think it could be a good strategy going three Liverpool attackers, but I think I'm going to be going to the defenders because I want to hold on to yeah. my other midfielders. But I, I see that as a good option. Yeah, I think, um, I was going to say, I think Mane owners will really actually benefit from the sale of Coutinho as well because I think Klopp is less likely to rotate that, that big front three in the bigger matches. And just the fact that they're already pretty much through against Porto should see him, I think, rest those players or at least not give them as much game time in the Champions League. Yeah, I think so too. I think for the next few weeks, they're, they're good shouts at least. 
Yeah, also I'd like to add that uh, if we forget about uh, Game Week 31, uh, neither uh, Liverpool or West Ham actually blank in Game Week, game week 35. So that's just a note. I mean, they do have fixtures. Uh, Liverpool plays 100% against West Brom away, and West Ham plays against Arsenal away. So they do have a fixtures in game week 35, which means, again, that they don't have two double game weeks. Or for in Liverpool's case, they don't have double game weeks at all. That's definitely worth keeping in mind, isn't it? So it depends on how you feel about their form at the moment. I, yeah, what I'd like to say is that when I consider transfers right now at this point of the season, uh, when I think about transfers, I consider it who who. Whoever I'm going to transfer in for the next two, three, four game weeks, I'm probably not going to get rid of them until until the end of the season since I don't have a wild card. If you don't do have a wild card, forget about what I said. But if you don't have a wild card, whoever you bring in the next three game weeks, they're probably here to stay. Because, I mean, that's how I play. I don't get rid of players. Like, I don't take minus 16, minus 20, or something like that. So it's worth it to keep it in mind that really bring in players you think you're going to be able to keep until the end of the season. So play the long game. Yeah. I think that's a good message. Okay, lads, is that enough said on Liverpool for now? Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. So, chaps, uh, if you are a West Brom senior player, you probably had a good time this week. We had four of their senior players who were out past curfew. But all that aside, West Brom are playing against Huddersfield. I'm not particularly drawn to this fixture at all, I've got to say. Demir, do you, can you see any value in, in either of these teams, other than perhaps defensively? No, not really. I haven't <laughs> considered Huddersfield or West Brom. That matters. So, yeah, for, for my I mean, we can skip this fixture if you, if you feel the same. I, I'm happy to go unless the Ice Man's got uh, any pearls of wisdom. I, I really want to go West Brom's defence because there's fixtures coming up: Huddersfield, Watford, Leicester, Bournemouth, Burnley, Swansea, <laughs> like golden really. But they're just in such bad form. They're top of the shots on target conceded in the last four. They're not playing too great. They keep losing. Sturridge is injured. J Rod has got a racist allegation. Oh, is, is Sturridge injured already? Uh, yeah, uh, he got injured in the first like, five minutes or whatever. Yeah, third minute. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, I did see that. Yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah. A- editor shouted it out. He was just like, "Yeah, see, told you, Ice Man." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, yeah. that's our bet off, isn't it?" Yeah, um, yeah he did. He did. Uh, he he did call call it. it. Yeah, good he did. Yeah, good shout. Editor. Like, no, he might. Be, he might be all right. <laughs> to be fair, so did I. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Pardew only won one game, I think it is. Um, he hasn't seemed to got them going. They, I mean, they've got a load of home fixtures coming up. So that's the bonus. Maybe, I don't know, they're playing in game week 31. Both of these teams in Huddersfield and West Brom playing in game week 31. So it's not to say that you can't look at any of them. I wouldn't necessarily disregard them completely. Maybe going a cheap defender for the likes of Gazi. Is he cheap? I can't remember how much he costs now. Ah, oh, 4.7. It's a bit of a rough price as well. Um, I don't know. If you, if you're lagging behind and you're wanting to go for a couple of different players, West Brom are more than capable of keeping clean sheets back in the day. Their, their form is terrible. So there's no, there's no stats or form to show that they're actually going to, but 
They could. <laughs> so it's well, a potential. Considering they've got the most wanted defender in Europe in Johnny Evans, you'd expect them to be pretty good at the back, wouldn't you? Yeah. Why is he? Why does everyone want him so much? I don't understand it. Apparently, he's a good defender. Mm. Um, okay, I think that's enough said about them. So I'm just going to put defence. Yeah. The only thing well, is Huddersfield first wing in 2018, and they failed to score in ten of their last twelve away games, and they are away to West Brom. So yeah, I reckon there could be a clean sheet here. Yeah, I think that's a good. This has happened to us in the past, isn't it? We've called a, uh, a fixture potentially boring, and then it's absolutely laced with defensive riches. So let's uh, let's keep that alternative argument in mind, chaps. Let's move on to Watford versus Everton. So, Iceman, I'll let you uh, start us on this one. Either side particularly taking your fancy at the moment. Everton possibly the more favourable of the two. Well, yeah, I think it is Everton. They've got some good fixtures. They're, these both these teams are playing in game week thirty-one, so. Yeah, you can look at the options. Delafeu was the one which we were kind of hoping was going to be the go-to midfielder as well. It still potentially could be. He's just a very hit-and-miss player, Delafeu. He always has been. I wouldn't necessarily go for any of their defenders, Watford. It, it would be going towards Everton. I've got Wilcott. I brought him in. He is in and amongst Everton attack. He's just not scoring any FPL points in the last game, which is a shame. But I still think that he will produce for us. he got... Eight take-ons, one chance created, but no shots on goal. It's just that since he's actually joined Everton, the stats for creating are far more than before when uh, than when Theo has joined the team. So he is making Everton more of an attacking team, and that seems to have helped Niasse, who seems to have cemented that striker position. And he's only 4.8, I think he is. So why not, if you're really, you know, if you're struggling for other options. I do think their fixtures are good. He seems to have nailed in a position and he's scoring some points. Why not? Yeah, Demir, what do you think about Everton? Uh, I don't know. I was hoping for a bit more from them this season. Uh, but going forward, other than Walcott and Nias, I really don't see anyone interesting. I mean, Sigurdsson is just too expensive. And regarding their defense, I'm not sure. Kenny, maybe. Coleman is back and then he's not back and yeah, they got injured and, five strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't actually know what's wrong with him. So mm. so Kenny might be he, Kenny I think can switch from left to right from right to left as well. So maybe. But as I said, Walcott and Nias and that's it. Nias is a bench fodder just to get funds for someone else. And regarding uh Watford, no one particular I find I fancy I don't know I'm really sorry that Will Hughes got injured because I really liked him yeah he was looking good on his yeah he was he was fantastic and in that moment I said I'm gonna get him next game week and then he got injured and never came back so he really is a great player but other than him I'm not convinced by anyone I mean as I said they do have games in not only game week 31 but also in game week 35 they don't have a blank. They play against uh, Crystal Palace at home. But again, the thing is, since they don't have, since they play blanks, uh, they don't have double game weeks. So, uh, one mention, honorable mention to Mariapa, who is, I think, still 4.1, and <laughs> yeah. what I see is nailed on in, uh, in Watford. So, if you do plan to get someone from, those sides for game week 31 and 35 that's as cheap as you can get so yeah. it's it's because they're hampered with injuries what <laughs> yeah yeah but he has nailed that i mean it's ridiculous 
to say, but he is nailed on. Yeah, yeah, okay. Absolute club legend, Mariapa. <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. you, if you're looking for other cheapos, uh, I suppose Martina, if you're looking at him, he's 4.4. 4, um, but the thing is, I think Baines is back in training now. So I'd just be wary of that one if you're looking at Martina. Cause then that yeah, but Mariapa is 4.1. So. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, I, I was just considering <laughs> other options. Yeah, Mariapa. Yeah, no, I know, I know. <laughs> Go for him instead, because he's new. Yeah. <laughs> right, let's give chance? you guys some more things to talk about. Let's get on to Palace versus Spurs, because this is going to be a bit more favourable game, this one. Demir, now Tottenham, great job in the week uh, against Juventus, 2-2. Doing the business there for, for the <clears> British side, still in the Champions League. How do you feel about Spurs at the moment? Is Harry Kane a must-have? No, I wouldn't say Harry Kane is a must-have. <laughs> I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that anyone in the anyone besides Salah in Premier League is is a must-have. I mean, yeah, Spurs are a Kane team, but you can manage. I mean, I manage without him, so yeah. Are you not planning on getting him then? I am planning on getting him, but but only because he's the centerpiece of Spurs and he plays two probably double game weeks. So it would, I mean, I can't say with certainty that I will have will get him, but probably I will. Yeah, but he isn't a must have. You oh. can you can you, I mean, twelve million, twelve point seven. What's his price? You can get a lot of good players for that price. If you're gonna bench boost, if you're gonna triple captain, you don't care about. I mean. Depending on also on on how many fun, how much funds you have, there's so many ways to play this game. But no, I wouldn't say that Harry Kane is a must-have. Either going backwards or going forwards. I mean, so I don't know. He's you know his top goal scorer, don't you? Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> margin, take, slight, slight margin. Yeah, taking the most. I think he's taking the most shots this season as well. So Harry yeah. Harry Kane's not a must-have. So who, who do you think from Spurs is worth having? No, I, I think he is worth having, but he's not a must-have. I think no one from Spurs is a must-have. I think no one from any team is a must-have. Other than Salah. Other than Salah. I mean, what about for this picture? Then? Who, who, do you, who do you fancy for Spurs in this one? No, I, I think Spurs will win. I think uh, Crystal Palace are crippled by injuries, and they don't have Zaha. I, I don't see Crystal Palace doing anything going forward, so I'd rather bet on Spurs having a clean sheet than Harry Kane going on a on a spree and I don't know having a hat trick again. I mean, going forward, <coughs> regarding their defense, there's a there's a lot of unknowns there. I mean, whether it's going to be Davis or Trippier on the left side, or whether it's gonna, Davis or Rose on the left side, or Trippier or Aurier on the right side, no one knows. <laughs> And central defenders didn't, I don't know, their price is not that low. So maybe Hugo Loris as a way into their back line. And apart from that, I mean, I respect players like Ericsson and that's about it. Son as well. But if I were to say I'm going to get someone, it, it'll probably be Kane. Okay, Iceman, did you have any uh, strong opinions on Spurs other than what Demir said? Well, the, see, Spurs are the team which I think that you should be looking at. Probably them and Leicester are the teams which don't play in game week 31, which I am thinking about bringing in their players. And yeah. Spurs mids, with their fixtures coming up, they've got Crystal Palace, Huddersfield and Bournemouth, might be the place to go. And I think Ericsson would be the safe bet. He is beating Ali for stats over the last four 
and he's also smashing Ali in the bonus points. So this is why I'm kind of looking at him. He scored two and one in the Champions League. Ali's on zero. Ali has had more attempts though, 10 to Ericsson's seven, but none of Ali's shots were on target and Ericsson has actually created 15 chances to Ali's eight. So this is why I'm kind of thinking Ericsson is the way to go. He's on free kicks too. I just think with those fixtures, Tottenham playing the way they are, you know, they played well against Juventus, even though they went 2-0 down quickly, but they brought it back. It just shows they've got a bit of confidence about them. And I think that Kane is a must-have. Ericsson is the one which I do want to worm in. This is why I'm actually considering, I know it's kind of sacrilege considering how well he's been doing, but I am actually considering moving Sterling out for Ericsson for the next few, just because City, I know they can score against anyone, but they have got Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, and they blank in game week 31. They've got Arsenal, Chelsea in the next two, so I can't see loads and loads of goals, whereas I can see loads of goals from Spurs in these next two, so I'm kind of thinking... If I bring in Ericsson for these next three, then maybe move him out, move him out for the blank or even keep him afterwards. Because towards the end of the season, um, Spurs fixtures are not terrible. They've still got um, Chelsea and Man City to play. But other than that, all the rest of their fixtures look pretty standard where they can score a lot of goals. Yeah, but Man City is in a double game week, so... Yeah, that's true. That, yeah, so there, there's another game in there. So. These are my options, really. I mean, like... Toby Alderweireld is back in the FA Cup squad, so that might bring a bit of stability to their defence these next three. Like Demir says, it is very difficult to go any of their defence. I suppose Vertonghen's the one which is going to be nailed on. Probably Toby if he if he comes back and starts playing, but he's literally just come back from injury, so you can't count that he might not get injured again. But with their wing backs in terms of Davis, Trippier, Oreo and Rose, I wouldn't trust going any of them because you never know when they're going to get dropped in the league. Yeah, I think that's a nice shout. I mean, I've got Vertonghen at the moment. I'll certainly be playing him in this one. And, and I do fancy Spurs to do a job on, on Palace. I think Kane is a viable captain option this week as well. Yeah, I mean, like, he looked good against Arsenal and he could have scored a fair amount of goals. He got two big chances, in fact. And he's also, uh, he has found the net in two of his three league games on his visits to Selhurst Park. So I do think he's a, a very good captain option for this week as well. This is why the debate between him and Salah is uh, going to go to the wire for me, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. We'll have more discussion on the uh, captaincy options in a moment. Chaps, let's move to the other Super Sunday fixture. This is a fairly decent one. Or is it going to be a snooze fest? Mourinho's United side take on Chelsea at home. I've actually got David De Gea in goal and I'm going to play him in this one because I can see uh, a Mourinho snore draw here. I don't have the confidence that Giroud and Morata are going to do it necessarily and I think Jose knows how to manage Hazard. So I could see this one not being quite as exciting as its pitch. Demir, what, what are your thoughts on this tie? Well, I see your De Gea and I raise you Jones. I'm going to play both of them probably. Well, if I told you I've got... Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. I have the phone as well. Yeah, I'm going to start both De Gea and Jones. So if Jones plays, okay. But if it's not, if he doesn't, uh, he'll go to to my bench. But I'm going to play both of them. I as well can see... I wouldn't be surprised by a nil-nil here, honestly. So we're thinking very defensive options. Iceman, can you can you weigh in with anything else? Yeah, I know uh, Jones has actually got a knock, so uh, could be yeah, a concern. He's a 50%. Yeah, um, yeah, 
Bay is back though. Got a few minutes in the FA Cup. Don't know whether he will come back in and start. That will help United overall because Jones clearly can't play very well with Smalling. I do, I do think if Jones has a knock, I'm not sure if uh, Jose's going to risk him. May just put Bay straight back in the team, so I would kind of monitor that one. Though, I suppose Lingard, <laughs> he kind of has to go out of all, all of your teams. They blank in game week 31, don't they, United? So I suppose you've got to be looking at even moving out these attackers. The only thing is, I do like United going forward. I mean, I, I don't think they deserve to lose against Newcastle. Marshall missed a one-on-one. Alexis should have scored an open goal. Lukaku had a goal denied uh, and two cleared off the line. I just thought Newcastle were very lucky. So... Um, going forward, maybe for after this game of 31, I would be kind of monitoring them. I don't think everyone should just veer away from United's attack. I do think they, they do look pretty good. It's just the goals need to start coming for them, I suppose. <clears throat> I'm just as well looking at the, the game tonight. I mean, Chelsea have gone all out against uh, Barcelona. They've got that 1-1 draw at home. And I can see William Hazard and Pedro started that one. So you're probably going to have a fresh striker on for... For Chelsea. Uh, interestingly, as Pilaqueta played, uh, have you got him, Iceman? Uh, no, no, I don't have, have any Chelsea. Yeah, I have a Pilaqueta. Yeah. Are, are you going to play as Pilaqueta as well in this one, or do you think you'll move him out? Mm, it depends on my transfers. Basically. Okay. But See, yeah. Oh, oh, go on. No, sorry. I I was con- I mean, I wouldn't play him, but that I wouldn't play him only for the reason that I'm playing Jones. So if I were to pick. Whether to double up on United or spread uh, gain or loss over two teams, I'd rather go, you know, double up and then win or lose situation. I wouldn't want to have both teams and then both teams concede and then you have nothing. So, I don't know. So, we've got a question from Hawks, right? He's just saying, do we ditch Alonso? Do you reckon if you have Alonso, quite an expensive price, are we willing to move him out? You don't have him, Demir, but... You were looking to move out Aspilicueta. Would Alonso be on your chopping block as well if you had him? I mean, they've got some really bad fixtures coming up in Man United. Then they've got Man City. I suppose they've got uh, Palace in game week 30, but then they've got a blank after that. And then they've got Spurs. So, I mean, on paper, it doesn't get much worse, really, does it? And then they got probably another, I mean, probably another blank in 35 as well if they beat Leicester in the FA Cup. Yeah, I mean, Alonso's back tonight. He was in the team against Barcelona, but whether or not you should keep him or not, I I just think the points return. I know people are saying that, yes, he can score against anyone. He got those two goals against Spurs at the start of the season, but the likelihood of that is is lower against these good teams. I mean, like he's more likely to score against the weaker teams than the better teams. I, I just, yeah, I would actually want to move out. It's just that after that Spurs game, they have got a good run of fixtures towards the end of the season. So, I mean, if you're going to keep and you haven't got a wild card or something, then you keep for the rest of the season. But if you're thinking about moving them out at some point, I'll just move them out now if I was you. Yeah, but here is where you come to what I said before. Like, the next three, four game weeks are probably going to form if you don't have a... Even if you do have a wild card, people... Okay, if you don't have a... If you do have a wild card, then it doesn't matter. But if you don't have a wild card... Whatever you do in the next three, four game weeks, it's probably gonna form the end of your season. So if you decide to ditch Alonso or Aspilicueta or Digao or anyone, it'll be really hard to get them after that. Yeah, so yeah. 
just keep i mean don't look at the what's gonna happen in the next three that's why i said i'm gonna ignore gaming 31 and pretend that it doesn't exist just for the sake of focusing on everything else besides that the the, the decision i have is aspiliqueta and otamendi one of those two is gonna go and strictly because i don't have the funds to in other players, but both of them have difficult fixtures, and both of both of them had blanks, and it's it's really a hard decision. But I would say Alonso Aspilicueta is not that big of a difference. It's 0.2, 0.3, something like that. So I don't know. People should decide for their for themselves and <laughs> their team. And I can't recommend keep or or sell. It's FPL. Anything can happen. So, yeah. Yes, but, yeah. yeah. But Alonso, I wouldn't keep him. If I had him, I wouldn't keep him. I wouldn't even twitch about it. Aspilicueta, I'm considering because I know he's going to play every game until the end of the season. I know that for a fact, because last season he played every single minute in the Premier League. And Alonso, with the new competition of his position, it's not a safe bet. Aspilicueta, I consider a safe bet. Like, if you were to keep someone, you wanted to play all the games. And Aspi is probably going to do that. I can't say will, but probably he is. Alonso, I'm not that sure. Interesting. So we've got a bit of a debate there about whether to keep the two, and it sounds like you can toss a, toss a coin on those two. Chaps, neither of you have mentioned Eden Hazard. Do you think he, he's not really an option this week? I think that when Giroud plays, that he... I mean, it helps Hazard massively when Giroud plays. Giroud likes that big man, small man combination, doesn't he? And yeah. I think that when he is playing, Hazard can score big, but like you say, he is hit and miss. He, he can go games where he's scoring every game, and then suddenly he can blank for about 10 weeks. So with these fixtures, I just wouldn't risk it. If you have him... It is a tough one whether to remove him or not. If it was me, I would, but I can understand why he wouldn't. I, I've got him, and my dilemma this week is actually whether I uh, I ditch him for Salah because I don't have Salah at the moment. That's funny. Yeah, you need you need Salah. That's, that's just. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really see what. No, I don't see what. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our last one of the game week. Fairly boring fixture this one. Nothing to shout home about. We've got Arsenal versus Manchester City. Iceman, as it's your beloved Arsenal. We actually once made it, made it. What's that? <laughs> Don't start off with me. No, I won't go to you. Uh, although uh, Arsenal have been in the news this week because Hector Bellerin has actually responded to Arsenal fan TV, which if they were trying to reduce the uh, the noise they were making is probably the worst thing he could have done because he's given <laughs> them so much more publicity now. Yeah. Um, me and the Iceman actually once made an appearance on Arsenal Fan TV and I think we were the only positive fans that we've ever had on there. Um, joking aside... <laughs> that I was when Rob- they first formed, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, yes. They weren't, they weren't that popular at that. But no, to be fair, they do have uh, positive fans on there. They're just well known for the uh, ones that like to incite a little bit of controversy. Having said all of that, Demir, big game for both sides this one. Probably... Uh, less to lose for City they've pretty much got the league already but is there anyone you particularly fancy in this fixture? Uh, in this fixture I I don't know I think both teams are going to score that's what I think for Arsenal I hope Ramsey is back I mean if Ramsey is <laughs> back I mean for, I hope for the sake of my team but also for the <laughs> sake of Arsenal as well because I think he's a fantastic player and, if, and I think I, I don't know he just makes them tick and he's he's his movement, his his going forward. 
I don't know. I think I, it's, going to, it's going to be a fun fixture. I, I would go as far as saying, of all the players that go missing and injured for Arsenal, he is now probably the most important one in terms of returns on the pitch. I agree. I think I think uh, Arsenal missed him a lot against Spurs as well. Uh, so, also, sorry to interrupt. Also, no, no. I mean, if we disregard the Manchester City uh, fixture, Arsenal has uh, Arsenal actually have a fantastic, fantastic uh, fixtures until the end of the season. Like it's a sea of green, you would say, and uh, and that team, besides Ramsey, I'd say. Okay, McTarion, we still don't know how, is he, how he's going to settle. He had a fantastic first game, and then in the second one, he was missing. He, he had a few bad crosses. And But from Arsenal, I say Monreal and also Obama Young are really interesting to me. And I kind of see them, maybe, depending on the pictures, uh, see them in, the, in my team, both of them, Monreal and Obama Young, whether it's instead of Ramsey or tripling up, but I find Arsenal a really good team to end the season with. Nice bit of support for the Gunners there. Iceman, any, anything to add to that then? Well, just about Arsenal, I suppose, yeah. We like to say Garden of Green to me, by the way. Yeah, okay, Garden of Green. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the uh, the fixes are great. Um, Lacazette's now out with knee injury until the end of March or 17th of March, I think he's booked. So, Obama Yang, which apparently it's not said Obama Yang, it's said Obama Yong. But I'm going to continue <coughs> calling him Adama Yang, especially. Uh, but he's he's going to be nailed from now on as well back. And he's also top tied. He's also cup tied in the in the. Yeah, he's a, yeah. Yes, we're going to have to win the Europa League with Danny Welbeck, which I've got every day. <laughs> yeah. No, I do. I do. I think. Yeah, no, you good. have that other bloke, don't you? What what's his name? He scored two goals, I think. Something. Uh, the younger, the younger. Nick, uh, Nick yeah? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I really had a stab. I don't know if that's right. Yeah, I think that's his name. But yeah, Abamyang, he's, he's lightning quick, isn't he? He makes Theo Walcott look like Per Mertesacker. He would be a great <laughs> player a to, <laughs> he, he would be a great player to have, but I, I just need to see that he is playing well first. I mean, like, obviously you can wait until after this Man City game, but after that, <clears throat> as, uh, Demir mentioned, we've got Brighton, Watford, but then we've got the blank, but after that it's Stoke, Southampton, Newcastle, West Ham. So yeah, great fixtures. It's just, at home, it seems to be where we can actually score any goals. We've averaged 2.8 goals at home, but away is only 1.1. And it's kind of the same with City. City at home is 3.6 goals on average and uh, 2.2 goals away. So as Demir says, I reckon there'll be a couple of goals in this game, probably a 2-1 to City there. But Jesus is back for City. He's back in training. Whether or not he's going to play instead of Aguero I'm not quite sure I suppose it's you, you've got to keep Aguero if you've got him I just wouldn't necessarily bring him in Agreed he does like a goal against Arsenal Aguero as well Yeah it does it's quite annoying So Man City so seemingly untouchable all of a sudden a chap called Will Grigg turns up and um, <laughs> lovely finish from Grigg by the way uh, I think Edison would have saved that to be fair but still does, does this make them vulnerable now, City, or is it just the magic of the FA Cup? I suppose a lot of people are moving Otamendi now. Got, um, Joseph Olgretti is just saying, uh, is is it Otamendi to Virgil van Dijk or Robertson or someone else? 
Uh, do, do we move out Otamendi? I suppose that's what you're thinking about, Tamir. You're, you're looking at moving him out as well, aren't you? Yeah, I still haven't decided between Otamendi and Aspilicueta. I mean, mm. the, the one thing Otamendi has as a plus is he doesn't blind game week 35. Uh, but again, he doesn't have a double game week, game week 37, I think, if the schedule will be like that. But both of their fixtures are really, I mean, it, they're not tempting, and it's just a matter of whoever I decide, probably the other one I'm going to keep until the rest of the, until the end of the season. So it's a hard decision, I think. Yeah, but probably I would get rid of what I'm doing. Or us, like, or Alonso. Yeah, yeah. So, it's not keeping my card. It's, it's actually, I don't know what I'm going to do. I never <laughs> do. Like, tomorrow, Manchester United plays, and, and you never know who's going to get injured and who's going to. You never know until the, until the game week actually starts. So, I still don't know what I'm going to do. Absolutely lost. Is there any nailed players from City you'd have in this one? Sterling, perhaps, or Aguero? In this fixture, Sterling, Aguero, yeah, I would have them. I, I don't see Arsenal keeping a clean sheet, clean sheet. So, I don't see, I don't see City keeping a clean sheet, but the problem with City is you don't know who's going to play in defense. The, the difference between me, uh, the, the, the difference for me between Aspilicueta and Otamendi is Aspilicueta is as nailed as they come. And Otamendi, now, you would say game-wise, if they want to make keep a clean sheet, he will play. But you don't know when City is going to start stop playing Premier League and start focusing on the Champions League. So they don't really need Otamendi to play against the likes of Stoke or someone else. They can play company, they can play display stones, they can play, I don't know, anyone. So that might be a leverage in choosing between the two. Yeah. Who, would have thought, who would have thought that uh, Wigan would become City's FA Cup bogey team? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they only need six games more to win the Premier League, I think. So, yeah, yeah it's, they're becoming well, that, more and more. That's United win every game as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And United don't have an easy fixtures as well, so... Any, anything else to add on any of these fixtures, chaps? No. No. No, 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 nothing? Nope. Well, that takes us to the end of all of our game week fixtures. I think it's about time the Iceman had a little bit of respite. Yeah, thanks. Alright, we are there. Okay. Me too, I'll be back in a second. And the Iceman is all back and empty. Then it's time to sum up this week's chat. So Leicester versus Stoke. Uh, we think there's still mileage in Mares and Shakiri and Bauer were discussed as part of the Stoke options. Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Ivan Stanislas took up most of the conversation there. Brighton versus Swansea. We liked IU and Abraham as cheap options for Swansea. Uh, more as make weights for bigger players. Uh, Van der Horn and Norton are cheaper options at the back for a Swansea side improving. Burnley versus Saints. Me still provides options at the back for Burnley. JWP for the Saints. And Demir brought up Ward as well as a cheap option. Uh, JWP only being if you want a Saints player in. Liverpool versus West Ham. 
I think we use say the names every week, Salah, Firmino and uh, Mane. Just to confirm, there's still no reason to go any other way other than them. Carrier seems the safe betting goal for Liverpool. And for West Ham, we like the look of Arnautovic and Antonio as the World Cup gets closer. West Brom versus Huddersfield. Initially, we thought this was one to brush over, but actually, we like the look of defenders. If you have a West Brom defender or, or you're still rotating, fostering goal could be an option here. Watford versus Everton. Uh, Walcott seems to be the man for Everton. We're discussing, yes, say a good cheap priced option up front. And the nailed on Mariapa. Thank you to Demir for that one. <laughs> Only 4.1 million for Watford. Palace versus Spurs. Loris, Eriksson and Kane are the favourable, uh, less droppable players in their side. United take on Chelsea. And actually, not as many to shout from this one as we'd like. We fancy a Jose snore draw here. So De Gea and Jones were the ones we talked about from United. Arsenal versus City. Again, we can see goals in this. So if Ramsey's playing, great option there. Or Bamiyang, if you fancy a punt for Arsenal. And Aguero always seems a safe bet for City when they play the Gunners. Nice summer, Paul. Lovely. Now, chaps, um, we've gone, we've got over an hour and a quarter of content here. So we're not going to do the Twitter questions in this podcast. We're going to record a separate podcast for our Patreon listeners because we just won't fit all of that into this one. Uh, we'll also be interviewing Demir as well. So if you want to hear that, you can sign up to our Patreon account and follow us on there. Patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. Thank you, Iceman. Um, so, with all that said, though, we still need to pick captains. So, Demir, who do you fancy is your captain's choice for this week? Mm, not sure. Salah, probably. Salah seems to be uh, the safe option. Iceman? Hold on, Demir, what's your thinking behind that? You can't give me Salah, probably. <laughs> I don't see that many options. I mean, the captaincy... I can I look at things from the perspective of my team and I can't captain Mares if I don't have him. I mean uh, Salah or if you're brave you can take a punt on Aguero, but for my team from what I'm looking at, Salah would be the most I don't know, logical choice. The man doesn't blank. That's enough for me. <laughs> that's that's a fair argument. What about if you had Kane? That's a tough one. I mean, yeah, if I, if, if I did have Kane, I probably would captain him. Hmm. Probably. See, the, the, I suppose the consensus here is that Salah will be the highest captaincy of this week. The only thing is away from home. Kane's actually the, is top ranked for goals, attempts, and penalty area efforts, and shots on target. So loads of stats are for Kane. The only thing is, Salah is just so consistent. He may not score as much as Kane, but he's less likely to blank. So I'm a bit torn on this one. Pete, you've, are you bringing in Salah this week? So you're, are you going to I have most the likely same? will, but I'm still going to captain Kane because mm. I think, again, I just fancy him more to score higher in this game week against a Palace side hit by injuries. Harry's in form. Great goal against Juventus. Yes, they've drawn against Rochdale, but um, he's even scored in that one as well. So I just, I just fancy Kane to be nailed on to to net in this one. Yeah. See, I see Kane more of as uh, more of a differential pick than Salah. I think Salah's going to be more highly captained. If he scores bigger than Kane, 
then you do feel like you're going to be falling behind a little bit. It's, it's a tough one. I mean, but I, 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 I did. I'm, I'm miles behind, so I can. Yeah. I have to do something different to the masses. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I did do it last week, and it's almost like I kind of got away with it type thing because Salah did score 13 points, and that is a good captaincy every week. Uh, it's just that Aguero scored, you know, 21. So. He was brilliant. It's whether I go with Kane again. I kind of, in my gut, I do feel like Kane will score more, but I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm 3,000 now. I do feel like more teams are going to captain Salah. So if Kane blanks and Salah scores big and I don't captain Salah, I'm going to fall behind. I'm just going to lose rank straight away. Whereas if I do captain Salah, I know that other teams are going to be captaining him. It's kind of a, it's a coin flip for me, and I'm really, really torn on it. I mean, like, I, I may just go with the masses and go Salah. It's more of a kind of have to go Salah type thing. Well, no one's forcing you. No, uh, I feel like I am. All right. Well, the ice man is going to be captaining <laughs> Salah this week. We've, we've forced his hand. Yeah. Chaps, I think that brings us to the end of this version of the Fancy Football Surgery podcast. As I said, we're going to answer the Twitter questions in the special podcast with Demir, which is going to be available on Patreon. Patreon, Patreon? I'm going to call you Patreon then, Demir. Um, I'm going to give you two chances to say goodbye to the listeners this week, first of all. Um, great contribution from you, Demir. Thanks for being part of the podcast. Um, thanks, thanks for having me. It was great to be here. Stay there. Don't go to bed just yet. We still need to do an interview with you. Iceman, any, any pearls of, you know, just, just life messages for the listeners? There's never any wisdom or pearls of life messages for me, really. If, if you're, if you've got the conundrum of, uh, Salah and Kane, let me know what you're doing, because then it might help me. ITO, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for that. If you want to get in contact with the Fantasy Football Surgery podcast, you can go to our website, fantasyfootballsurgery.com. You can go on Facebook and type in Fantasy Football Surgery. Listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow us on Reddit. Give us an up the pod on there. Um, you can ask us qu- uh, questions on Twitter, which we will usually answer, at FF underscore surgery. Get involved with the chatter. Email us, ffsurgerypodcast at yahoo.com if there are any complaints. And you can join our mini league. It's 1173-455. If you want to support the podcast and follow us there for extra content uh, and a chance to win some goodies, patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. Always looking for feedback as well for the feedback box section. So any constructively critical feedback, we will consider discussing on the pod. Oh, we didn't do the feedback box this week, did we? No, we, we haven't. Is there anything in the box, Iceman? There is. What's in the comments box? Yeah, we've got one here from Tommy at Tommy underscore Gonzo. It was put, okay. love the podcast, but Shearer won the title at Blackburn. So he, I think he was correcting something that you said last I, week. I, I, I did, yeah. I did actually I think correct he corrected myself, himself later yeah. in the pod, But yeah. I think, uh, fair enough, fair enough. No, um, good observation. Shearer did win the title with Blackburn. Yeah. Um, a true supporter of uh, Premier League football, if he remembers a stat like that. Yeah, he is. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, listeners, once again, and we look forward to speaking to you. Good luck in your game weeks.
dun, 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 dun. Didn't entirely make a sense at the end, but it'll do. <laughs> As Iceman better than me there, so I'm not the best here. Apologies for the sound quality of this podcast, listeners. It's due to me purchasing a new mic. I will look to get it sorted for the next episode. Remember, if you're interested in listening to the interview that we had with Demir, where we go through his tactics and strategies, you can find that at patreon.com forward slash fancy football surgery. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash fancy football surgery. Thank you and good luck in the game weeks.